Are you a HubSpot user looking to stay up to date with HubSpot inbound and all the information that will make your job easier and help you and your company grow better? Each week, the spot brings you the HubSpot education, ideas, and tools that you need to maximize your success, make work just a little bit easier, and of course, brighten your day along the way. Listen in as Julie, Doug, Max, and George share their authentic, entertaining, and valuable conversations with the people who really matter. That's right, you. Ladies and gentlemen, let's give it up for your HubSpot journey heroes. Welcome to this week's episode of The Spot. Ready, spot, go. That's right, we're back with another episode. Episode five, we've only got two more to go before we can actually say that we've passed the official podcast dying phase. They say if you make it past seven, you can go for forever. So we're in episode five. And uh, today we're going to talk about some interesting things. We've got a design development. Don't don't freak out because it's actually design-ish content-ish, so content marketing article. We've also got uh, in the spotlight section where we're going to talk about, hopefully if we get there, nurturing some leads and some stuff around that. But before we get into the good stuff, let's talk about, well, it might be good stuff, but I really want to get Max, your thought, um, and Doug, for sure. This actually, this little piece of, this nugget right here was really for you, my friend. Um, Inbound 2020, uh, they announced a couple new speakers and uh, it's John Legend and Chrissy Teigen. So they have some business that they want to uh, they want to communicate with us. Doug, Max, I'm super curious your thoughts on these two new speakers for Inbound 2020, the digital experience. Yeah, I mean, well, I'm a huge fan of John Legend's music, so uh, I'm super pumped that he's going to be there. Uh, Chrissy Teigen, she's done a lot of interesting things. Um, so I'm sure she's got a lot of great insight to share with a lot of folks just because I, I, I've I seen her on everything from like cooking shows to news segments to social media influencing. It, 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 there's a lot of things out there that I think she's she's done and and, and, and done pretty well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it'll it'll be interesting. I mean, I wasn't I, I don't really know like where she kind of came from. Right. Uh, like as she got famous but you know for some reason I, I end up seeing her like all over the place and I feel like I'm miseducated or misinformed in terms of her history and kind of how she sprouted up but man Max when you went there when you went there I was a little bit oh. like Max doesn't know what's going on oh my goodness what Poor is Chad the deal new toy. What, what's the deal yeah. so Doug what's your thoughts on John Legend and Chrissy Teigen on Inbound 2020 well, I love them both, um, and I, I mean, I think I think they're they're fascinating, um, broad. They're 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 socially involved. They're they're they've got a tremendous amount of business acumen. They're, I mean, talk about building community. There's there's no question they do a lot of those right things. I, I'd love to see Chance the Rapper talk about how he got. I mean, they're they kind of all really. It, well, you know what? It's funny, and um, if you really look at it, they've all kind of taken the the Grateful Dead playbook. And that's real. That really is the playbook today. Is you know kind of how the Grateful Dead did what they did. Um, so so I find it fascinating that, that they're going to you know I find them fascinating people. I am curious um, as to what their presentation is going to be. Um, you know so I like I, I mean for the record I've never been the uh, you know the, you know the big names bring people out. I get that. I've never you know I, I guess Alec Baldwin was was there a couple of years ago, and I know some people on my team are yep. like, got to see him, got to see him, got to see him, and I'm like, okay, well I don't, you know. So so I I think it's cool. Um, I thought I thought it was cool that Chrissy Teigen tweeted out about inbound. That was that was uh that was that was fun. Um, 
and uh, yeah, I, I'm sure I'll, I'll I'll watch at least a little bit of it. I think they'll be uh, I think they'll be funny. You know, I, I'd like them. You know, you know who did a great job several years ago where I'd like them to kind of replicate that is Aziz Ansari. Mm. We talked about the research that he did. So I mean, he was hilarious. He was himself. He did, you know, he did that whole joking thing. But he also, you know, really talked about the, you know the book that he wrote about you know as he was you know, really kind of studying how young people respond to things, et cetera. So it was very entertaining and you also uh, got some really good nuggets. So I'm hoping that, that they go that way. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely what excited. About you, George? What do you think? Uh, no, yeah. no, I'm excited. I'm excited. I actually like the big names, but before I get into why I'm excited, um, I don't believe that Doug just dropped a, a chance to rapper. Uh, so that gets three snaps right there on the show because Doug, you, you just <laughs> shocked the crap out of me. I'm going to throw that out there. But, but here's the thing. I'm excited because I like the, the big named folks. Um, I, I think that it's interesting to always let our brain go in a different direction. Like I understand business, business, business. Um, but there are some things that you can learn and bring into business if you'll just let your mind kind of go that direction. Like, for instance, you know, one of the things when producing this show um, or doing webinars at Sprocket Talk or Impulse Creative, um, if we just stayed with the same old, same old, if we didn't look out into different venues, we would stay the same. So, for instance, right, we've, we've had the, uh, the oh and the snaps. That's that's going out and looking at the gaming community and what gamers are doing and how can we take that and bring it into business, right? And so when you think of like John Legend, first of all, Max, I love his music too. Just don't tell the internets that because they might explode. But if, if you, <laughs> I love his music, but if, if you listen to what they're saying and you look in between the cracks for those nuggets of things that might be right for your business or might be right for business in general, I think that it, it'll be fun. I think it's going to be exciting. And inbound 2020, to be honest with you, it may never be the same. Like, Doug, we should let people know. We should let people know, Doug, that uh, there's going to be this special battle royale happening at inbound 2020. Oh, yeah. If you're listening to this. If you're listening to this, you'll definitely want really to tune in. The gaming oh, right oh, now yeah. Battle yeah listen, Royale, yeah. listen, Battle Royale. <laughs> like, um, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Doug Davidoff and a guy you might know, George B. Thomas, GBT, are going to battle inbound versus outbound live at Inbound 2020. So you might want to stay tuned and definitely check that out. Now, with that said, let's go ahead and get into our first section here. And of course, you know, we call that, mmm, that hit the spot. So this week I brought an article uh, to the team and uh, this article kind of intrigued me. There's a couple things that I definitely want to talk about, um, but it is really about design. It's a, about development. But at the core, it's really about content. And, and the title of the article is The Modern Web Design Process, Putting Content First. And as I go through this, there's some, there's some snippets and little clips that I want to pull out that I, I highlighted the actual article, right? I don't know if you guys do this, but I have this extension. It's literally, uh, you know, it's like a highlighter extension and you can go through and you can highlight blog articles. I don't know. Am I the only one that does this? Hashtag Sprocket Talk on the Twitters if you highlight blog articles too. I, I got I to gotta know. Um, and I think the extension called like Simple Highlighter or something like that. It's, it's stupid. You might have your own highlighter extension. But here's the thing. Here's, here's one of the things I pulled out here. Content shouldn't be an afterthought or a jumble of slick sales speak. 
And when I read that part, I was like, oh, God, amen. Just please, please, everything that's holy, baby Jesus, throw, throw all the demigods down, whatever you believe. Like, please, it's not about sales. It's it's not about like this jumbled mess. It's com- I, I'm really on this kick of like getting rid of complexity and leaning into the simplification of the communication, whether it's textual or, or video or audio. Like you've got to simplify the complex. So so again, content shouldn't be an afterthought or a jumble of slick sales speak. Down a little bit further, I love this. It's a content first approach that prioritizes SEO leads to better search rankings and and because we already know SEO search rankings, but this is the part I love and better user experience. And, and we're at the point where that's what this is all about. Like your content, your website, your design, your development wrapped around the content being first is all about creating an experience. If you're not creating experience, I can't wait till Doug talks, by the way, because he's probably going to like go all sorts <laughs> of crazy on me. But if you're not building an experience with your website, then you should just pack it up. And, and when I got to this point, too, I started to lean a little bit into, like, growth-driven design and Luke Summerfield and, like, you know, iterating over time. But then we get down here. We get down into this section, and it says, make sure – again, remember I said simplification a, a couple minutes ago. Make sure your content remains useful and clear. Like, if you just start out on any page and go, how can I make this useful and clear, it's going to be, like – 20 bazillion times better than anything that you would write that if you started with how can i uh get a sale at the end of this article or at the end of this page right useful and clear one one last little piece i'll add here i have more by the way but i want to hear you guys starting with must-have content and a site map will help your team see how the different types of content fit together and how users will interact and navigate the site so many times I think I see websites where people are like, well, um, we've got to have an about us page. We've got to have product pages. We've got to have service pages. We've got to have this page, that page. But they don't sit down and they don't like map out how those actually flow together other than like a main nav site navigation. There's nothing that in the about us page is leaning uh, or leads to or links to this other piece of content that they want people to know, right? That there's no just like general easy flow in a lot of websites that we look at. But if you use what they're talking about, which is a content map along with a site map, then this this, this gets very interesting. Content creators and designers are empowered to produce stronger work when they have a common goal. Your goal as a designer is not to make pretty junk. Yes, we want it to look good, but it should look good based on the content because you, the content creator and the designer should have a common goal and understand how all the pieces work together. I'll be quiet. Max, Doug, what are your thoughts? Are you saying that they should be aligned? I'm definitely saying they should be aligned. And so many times, like I think designers and developers and content creators, like there's this friction that we just got to get past and figure out how how can we do this together? I think the biggest thing for me with this article, and I read this thing from from top to bottom, is like I think it's easy as inbound marketers to get kind of stuck in the school of thought that when we say content, just like the word content in general, we're really meaning blogs, videos, podcasts, educational knowledge transfer vehicles, right? That's like what we're thinking when we when we say content, right? But for me, what this article kind of did is it, 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 it pulled me out of that 
that hole a little bit and kind of brought me back down to earth and grounded me a little to kind of say like, hey, the rest of the stuff on your site is important, right? That experience that you create in order to deliver the content needs to be good to you as well. Otherwise, it can serve as a distraction or some sort of barrier that gets in the way of someone consuming content through your site versus doing it off a of YouTube medium or like some other platform that you deliver content through. Um, so I just thought it was like a really, really good reminder to say like, hey, if you're gonna you know, write the book that is content, you have to think thoughtfully about how you frame up you know, the pages, the cover, the spine, that, you know, everything that like puts that content together in an easy to consume and logical way. Otherwise, you know, it's just going to serve as a barrier of people actually going and just experiencing it and learning from it because they're too busy figuring out how to navigate it or they, they aren't sure where to click or they don't have any clear calls to action. Right. Um, so I think it was, it was just a, again, a good reminder to say like content is not just blog video audio images right yeah it's you know your sales copy is content so you have to think critically about that right um so yeah, yeah. i really enjoyed it yeah doug you're next but oh, let me set you up uh, wait, wait, wait 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 let me set you up for success doug you're next you're next so here we go we gotta set you up <laughs> well i'm hoping i'm not gonna let you down here um <laughs> all right I, I think we would all be better off. I think we would all be better off if we stopped talking about um, content and content marketing and we started talking about content experience. Mm-hmm. I think it's the content experience that matters. And I think if, if that was the term, um, it really is how does the content get consumed that you know really makes all facets of it. But but my question, uh, like I don't disagree with anything that's been said. I don't disagree with with most of what I um, with most of what I read. The the question that I'm stuck on is how does like for all the conversation we just had about content, how does that connect to the design element? Like I didn't get from this, what does that mean for design? What, what, what does that mean yeah. to have a content map? What does that mean? Like it, it, Yeah, yeah. So for me here, so historically I've worked in design. I've also worked in development and now I, I get to be a marketer. So this is interesting for me. And, and maybe that's why, Doug, with this, it like really, I had to wrap my mind around all the different places or parts that I've played. And there have definitely been um, design projects where you would be um, handed, hey, we need to build this website, build a website, let's make it pretty, let's make it look professional. And then they jam content in around the thing that you designed. And so now there's like this disparate images that don't make sense. There's iconography that does not help tell the story at all. And there's also been projects where it's a matter of like, here's all the content. Let's build a site around this, which then you can actually lean into what's being said. And the visuals help tell the story from from the entire outer box framework of like, should it be full width? Should it be centered content? Like, should it be cartoonish? Should it be iconography? Should it be photos? And so what I'm saying and what I think this shows is a couple of things. One the way that design can lean in and work with content to tell a fluid story, as well as when you have that visual and that story happening, how it can happen across pages versus feeling like you've just got one special page that amazingly design, dev, and content got together, and but the rest of the website feels all like separated. It, it's just more of a unified, amazing user experience, storytelling, 
with content design and dev working in harmony. That's where this article led me as far as a mindset and where I wish a, a lot of companies could get to because, Doug, even like think about from an agency standpoint, uh, we've got a designer in-house maybe or or we're paying somebody on Fiverr. No, we're not doing that. God, if you're – no, you're not doing that. But, right, we've got this designer over here. We've got this content company. It could be somebody like Xeros or somebody – whoever or, or you know, you're, you've got them in-house maybe. And then you've got this developer or this developer. So there's already three disparate teams that are working on this one goal. But are we ever sitting them down and saying – um, here's the superhero. The superhero is the content. So let every decision we make be based off the content that they're, we're displaying across all these pages. So I have kind of two elements that, that I heard here. First one, I want to deal with what, what I heard you say, George. Um, I, it made me think of two things. One is, you know, Steve Jobs' definition of great design is when everything that can be taken out has been taken out. When, when, when it's down to its essence. And then I also remember, you know, an old story, um, a woman is uh, charged with giving a major presentation to a business conference. And like, this is a career maker conversation. And she goes to her designer to, um, to get the best dress for the occasion. And the question is, describe the best dress. What is the best dress? And the answer is, we'll save some time. The answer is, the one that no one notices. Because if you notice the dress, you didn't notice what she said, right? And so, you know, great design is when whatever the message is, whatever the experience is, is what comes away from that, right? So yes. if that's what it's saying, then I agree with that. Yes, um, yeah, and I totally now, agree with you, Doug. Totally agree with you. I've always said that design should be the salt and pepper to the meal. Um, yeah, okay, I, yeah. Yeah, because I, mean, I, you know, salt, salt and pepper is a um, is, is a um, amplifier, right? So, so if you if you if you use salt and pepper correctly, it, it actually really amplifies the the you know the, the certain taste, like the the way you mix, right? That I, I want to hit on alignment though, because we all, I mean, I'm on I'm on an alignment kick. Sorry, Max, I because everyone talks alignment, 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 and I'm increasingly convinced that no one knows what that means. Or you know what? <laughs> They, they they know what it they know what it means, but it's just it's just not operative, right? Because I don't believe that those I don't I don't believe that in most cases, the the content person, the design person, like all I don't believe that they're acting out of alignment. I don't believe that that you know they're all striving to do the best things that they can do. And and I think I finally discovered why this alignment thing drives everybody so freaking crazy. And that is alignment is a byproduct. It's not the objective. Alignment is what happens when it's done right, right? It's not, hey, everybody, let's get along, right? And, and, and so, you know, to, to, to the web developer, you know, ha, have, or to the designer, has whoever you're designing for clearly stated, um, you know, what is the message? What is the experience supposed to be? And, and look, if you're not communicating that, then don't blame the designer for doing something designing. They're, they're, they're probably being said something like, Hey, this has to get noticed. And, um, and whenever someone's working on something, we, we, you know, we have a tendency to push it because you notice it. Right. And, and so it, you know, it's hard to, you know, w w without those areas of clarity. So, um, you know, and, and I, here's the other thing I'll say too, it's, I, I think, and I don't know that people listening to this are going to like it, but, um, you know, I mean, you had all the whole warm up music for me and everything I have to deliver. 
you know, if you have a crappy bottle of wine, you know what they do with a crappy bottle of wine? You know why you get headaches from crappy bottles of wine? If you ever notice, if you had a great bottle of wine, you very rarely get a headache from it. Right. And the reason right. is in crappy bottles of wine, they throw sugar in it. Mm. They throw sugar in it. They throw more sugar in it because it takes the sourness out. It makes it, you know, it makes it more universally pleasing, acceptable, if you will. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and and so that's what like so if you've got a crappy message, then then don't blame your designer that you know of course you're going to have a lot of animation and things are going to be moving all over the place because you got nothing else to say. Right. So so, you know, I I think a lot of this is about. You know, are we putting the time and effort and energy up front to to clearly identify and to provide, you know, to provide the type of of take and clarity so that alignment can occur? Yeah. Yeah. I think I think a lot of people define alignment like differently. Right. So like when I say alignment, I'm not thinking kumbaya, everybody be nice to each other. To me, that's synonymous with real actual teamwork and communication. Right. And having a shared common goal not just necessarily like getting along with each other too, but you know, alignment is like one of those words in our realm that we operate in that I think can mean a million different things to a million different people. Right. But, but the problem with that Max is when we're using a word that means a million different things to a million different people, it doesn't mean anything. You gotta and, define and, it. Yeah. And, 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 and I'm not saying I'm not at all talking about the, the soft kumbaya because yeah. I'll tell you a critical element of an organization that has alignment. There's a lot of conflict. Mm-hmm. Well, hold on a second. Conflict and alignment, those words do not align, right? You know, it, it, it's, it's, the, it's the team that, that won 80% of their games that had a ping pong table and a pool table and, you know, a couple fights in the corner. And like, well, you know, they're an, an elected group of people that take it seriously and have a lot of fun versus the team that lost 80% of the games that has a pinball, you know, that, that has a pool table and a table tennis machine and I've got a couple fights, which is, well, you know, they just don't take the game seriously and they're dysfunctional, right? They're, you know, and, and we say one team has great chemistry, the other team has bad chemistry. My experience in sports, I learned the key to good chemistry is are you winning? Um, and, and so my, my, it's, it's the same thing again. When you look at what you just defined as, as alignment, that's a byproduct. Yeah. It's not let's get aligned. It's, you know, you need clarity for there to be alignment. Right. There needs to be openness. There needs to be honesty there. there you know, there needs to be friction in that process. There should, Cause I'll tell you what, if there's not friction between the content creator and the designer, then the user is going to have the friction. Yeah. And it also means they're not communicating in a way where they actually care about a good end product too. See, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that at all. Actually that, that that's putting, then where's the conflict coming from? Well, like, there, there's the conflict getting created. You know what I mean? Cause to me that comes from good communication. Well, no, no, there has to be good communication, yeah, but, but you, what, what, no, but what you did was you, you, you add it. And I just, you, I hear this all the time in, in places you add it because they don't care. Or I forget exactly what, what, what the modifier that you, you added an intent to the, to the bad communication. And, and let me tell you 90, I mean, I used to get mad at my team. They don't have a sense of urgency. They don't listen. Um, they don't care. And you know what I realized? I, I was not clear. I was, you know, this and then this and then this. And they're like, hey, you know what? I had one person that said to me, I, they said, Doug, you're like a train station in Paris. And you're getting on and off every single train. And I'll tell you what, I'm over here in the coffee shop. I'm having a nice relaxing cup of coffee. When you decide which train you want to be on, I'm, I'm ready to join you, right? I'm all mm. in, but but until you've decided on your train. Right? So, so are we communicating? What is the clear message? Who is the hero? What is the one, like whenever we work with people creating content, we say, 
be very clear before you start. What's the one thing you want them to remember? What's the one thing you want them to do? Right. Mm. Are we clarifying that? Right. When you create clarity, when, when, when the end point is clear and, and, oh, by the way, what are the other things that we're talking about where we're getting in the way of process? Like the number of times where, where I've seen people say they're, 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 they're given a charge. They start talking about how they want to do it. And then someone comes back and says, no, 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 that's not the way to do it. Well, well, what you've just done is you've told me not to be engaged, not to own my path. Right. And all of a sudden, you know, communication dies. And it, and it's, and by the way, the senior person isn't doing that to sabotage. They're not, they're not striving to micromanage They probably don't even think they're a micromanager. They probably think they're helping out. Right. And, and, mm-hmm. you know, the toughest thing is being really, really clear on what the end point is. Cause you know what, until you get to the end point, you might be wrong. And so when you make that and you're like, how many times does someone, you know, they make the modifier of, uh, you know, cause, cause we realize all of a sudden, Oh, wait a second. If I tell everyone to go here and they all marshal their forces and they go here and it turns out I'm wrong. Oh my God. What like our, our voice starts, starts popping in. And I, so I'm just saying that 90, I'm not saying there aren't people who don't care. I'm not saying there aren't people who don't sabotage. I am saying that is actually very, very rare. Mm. You know, 99.8% of people wake up every day. They want to do the best that they can. They want to help the people that they care about. They want to care about the place that they work. Right. And, and the question is, you know, I mean, you, you happen to work at a place that does a phenomenal job, you know, to, to let that unfurl. And, and sometimes they deal with the chaos associated with it. Um, you know, but HubSpot does a great job of here's where we're trying to get. And, and they let people own their mistakes and so forth. So I'm, again, I'm just saying that that, like, I don't think HubSpot, if you look at HubSpot, I mean, I can tell you with my experience with them, if you look at HubSpot in a micro level, they're a whirlwind mixed with a tornado and a hurricane. There's no alignment. Everyone's, you know, this person's talking, the alignment comes as it works through. There's, you know, so we have this idea of alignment. You know, we show the, the, the row team all, all orchestrated in an, you know, in an, in an absolute time pattern, which again, all I'm saying is that's the byproduct of creating clarity of creating accountability and of letting people do their thing. And, and that, that's hard for everybody. That, that's, all, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. I just think when we say you need to be aligned, I think, I think a lot of people listen to that and go, yes, and then they don't know what to do with it. Who's there? Okay. Who's I'll there? Who's there? The rewind point. That's who's there. Man, that whole section right there, you just need to rewind that, re-listen to it, because Doug was like preaching. He was pre- like He stepped up on the pulpit. He set the book down. He said, Everybody in my church, listen, I got something to say. That was good stuff right there, brother. That was good stuff. Max, I'm going to give you like 10 seconds to give some parting words if you have any. Not for the show, but just for that section because Doug was like laying it down. I Actually, yeah. for a while there, I thought like, man, it was like a karate match happening. I was like ducking and bobbing and weaving, all sorts of crazy stuff. Well, I mean, no, it's, it's just funny whenever we have these conversations around alignment, you know, Doug says his piece, and I end up agreeing with every single thing that he says, right? So I think we we agree more. I think we have a tough time just communicating exactly like, or at least I do, have a co- tough time communicating like exactly what that is, right? Because everything you said, yes, like when you're talking about the 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 common, if it was like the common goal or the common message, like what's the one message, right, that everyone's working towards? To me, that's what like, the act of aligning is, is getting everyone around that one message, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, every team's going to get their 
differently, you know, and you, you can't yeah. force people to work within certain parameters to get there. Right. The, right. the, the end goal is what's important. Right. Right. Yeah. Speaking of aligning, let's get aligned on this and head into the next section called in the spotlight, where I actually have a couple questions for you guys, because here's the thing. Everything that we do on this show, most times, not all the times, most times ties back to major problems that people face. For instance, the article I picked is because when we polled all the Sprocket Talk audience or as we're polling the Sprocket Talk audience, one of the things that they say that's hard is con uh, creating content or creating effective content. So there's an article. We had a discussion. It's towards that problem. Another major problem that Sprocket uh, tiers, viewers, listeners have is around lead nurturing. It's like automating their process and stuff like that. So I want to take a couple minutes and I want to, I'm just going to Ask the question, and then Max, Doug, you can grab one. You can talk about both, you know, multiple, whatever you want to do here. But when we think of lead nurturing, and people are sitting here and they're like trying to figure out what to do, how to do it. What are maybe some creative ways that either of you have seen that companies are using lead nurturing in a really smart way? Where does your mind go when I ask that question? So, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is there are not a lot of people that do it well, um, yes. and and. I'm, I'm going to sound like a broken record here. I, I think what, what what's happened with lead nurturing is that some study got done a while ago that's, that that identified that that um, leads that are nurtured effectively produce um, better outcomes, higher average sales, shorter sales cycles, all all, all that stuff. Um, and so people started doing lead nurturing, and and it, you know it's kind of like someone said, if you blog three times a week, you get more leads, and they forgot that you have to have something worth blogging three times a week about. You, start, you know, that's one of the reasons why we got a lot of gratuitous mm. content. Mm. Um, so, so, you know, I, I, I think, I think a lead nurture, um, like it, it's, it's called a nurture. It's not called a sale. Um, it's, it, you have to solve for the customer. There has to be, you know, here, here's the thing. Every time you touch somebody, um, metaphorically speaking, um, every time you touch somebody in a business standpoint, it's a binary experience. You're either creating value or you're extracting value. So, so, when you do your next nurture, I, I ask one question to say whether or not you should do it. Um, would the person receiving it be willing to pay for receiving? Would they pay for it? And and realize they are paying for it if they see it because you're asking for their attention, which I think is probably the the most valuable resource on the planet today. Mm, yeah. um, so so that so so that's number one. N number two is, and I don't know, like this became the dominant way of we 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 took the funnel mashed it up with the customer journey and threw a, a, a lead nurture piece in there. And, and the, the six to 10 nurture sequence got created where number one number, like the first 25% were top of funnel. And then the next 25%, 30, you know, the next group were bottom, were middle of funnel. And then we went to bottom of funnel, like in a single nurture sequence, we're going from, I'm intrigued that I downloaded uh, an infographic on something to I'm ready to buy from you, right? Like we don't do that. What we do is we, we have nurtures for different contexts. So, so again, it gets down to persona, journey, issues, context, and then as they hit various triggers. So any nurture we do has a trigger, you know, a set of, of enrollment criteria, um, you know, and sometimes it's, they've been through X number, you know, X number of plays have been run or they, you know, this set of plays have been run so that we're, you know, there's a, there's a theme to it. It moves through things. 
Um, and, and by the way, last point for, before I let Max speak, um, the single greatest nurturer on the planet. And it, uh, people have, like, I don't see anyone talking about this anymore. Get people to subscribe to your blog. It's mm. the greatest nurturer in the world. Mm. Everybody, everybody who's been doing it's yeah. been doing it too long and now it feels old. And so nobody talks about it, but I agree with you, Doug. Everybody should be talking about it. Max, Max, I, I know as a, oh. and subscriptions are going down, by, by the way, George, George, George on that subscriptions are going down. Right. And, and there's, there's a whole lot of reasons for that, but I would say focus on like, focus on your blog, get your subscriptions back up. That's the best way to know. Are you effectively nurturing people? Well, and I mean, yeah, is, your, I is your content good enough where someone just says, I want to hear more of it. Right. And, and here's like the thing offering them something like a downloadable. Yeah. And I don't care if, by the way, this is going to sound uh, counterintuitive, if you will. Um, but I don't care if subscriptions go down as long as the people who are subscribing are the right people. I don't need a number for number's yeah. sake. I need a I need a number because it's the community that I'm building that are the potential leads that actually could use the product or service for the problem that I'm solving for them. So 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 I agree who is far more important than how many. What and, and I think it was HubSpot who had this blog several years ago. Um, but it was somebody who talked about the fact that stop paying attention to the to the growth of your web traffic, pay attention to the growth of your subscribe of your blog subscriber traffic. Now, I would say that if you have a significant number of people subscribing to your blog that don't fit your who, then there's probably something wrong with your blog because that that is like that gets back to the first part of our conversation. You're you're, you, the, the story framework isn't clear enough to drive the alignment of the content around the blog. See how I use alignment there, Max? Um, mm. Right. Um, this is going to be the whole season. <laughs> right. And, 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 and so I, I do think, like, if you, you have to grow community in some fashion, right? Who's paying attention to you, whether they're thinking about buying from you or not? Right. And, and, and I think the blog is a, it is not the end all be all. And if you've got a full community strategy, you might look at something else, but, and, and I would fully agree that, that, that blog subscribers is at best a correlating factor, but I think it's a highly correlating factor. Um, and so it's a, it's an easy signal to, um, to monitor. And, and if you bring in, if you, if, if you have any intelligence in your, um, in your marketing automation system, then you'll be able to track your blog subscription counts while paying attention to who matters. So, so that the total number going up and down doesn't, I, I mean, I agree with you completely that, you know, but what is that, you know, of the audience that you want, is that community growing? And if, it, and if that community is not growing, then, then you probably have some problems. Yeah. Yeah. Max, as, uh, as the HubSpot yeah. guy, as, as the trainer, uh, in the room as Max Jacob Cohen. What do you have to say to what Doug just said? Well, no, I, I agree with all of it. I think the only thing that I would add on there too, is like, to me, the most creative or like the best nurturing strategy is, you know, create the content that keeps people coming back without having to see an email to do it. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like I'll ask anyone, I'll say like, Hey, what are your favorite websites? And you know, in a class. Right. And I'll say, Oh, uh, BuzzFeed or ESPN.com or some news site or, you know, this blog or whatever, right? And lo and behold, they're all content-rich websites that lead with content. They're not naming like a, a company's website that doesn't have any content or anything. They're they're naming sites that have content, right? And, you know, the, the I think the best thing you can do, because when you think of nurturing, right, you're ultimately the, the very basic goal there is to get eyeballs back onto your website, right? Obviously you want to do that through educating people, through telling a story, having a good message, all that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, 
like for me, it's just like if you're if your content can be compelling enough and legitimately useful and and actually helpful, hopefully you don't need email to get them back in there. What, for me, what's wrong with think, email? No, well, no, I was just gonna say for me what I'm I'm thinking about with email. So with with email for me, it's more so pushing people along that decision-making path in the buyer's journey, right? So keeping an eye on what content people consume, trying to have some sort of uh, automation set up in the background that helps you understand kind of where they are along that path in the buyer's journey, and then serving up the next piece of content that makes the most sense. Doug's head's going to explode. Doug's head's going to explode. we got to let him talk. You 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 just turned nurturing back into a sales vehicle instead of a software customer vehicle, that that's what you did. But here's my question. Why do you care if I'm paying attention to you going to your website or am I paying attention to you because you're welcome in my email box? I, I would make the argument that if I welcome you in my email box, that's, that's the most competitive real estate on the planet. If I earn, if I earn a place, there's a couple of newsletters. I read them every day. They come out every day and I read them. And let me tell you, I, and they, they just announced a new one. They, and I subscribe to it. Cause like, Hey, I'll, 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 so I don't understand why you care. If it's if I'm paying attention to you in my email box or if I'm going to your website. Oh no, I, mean, I would I would want people paying attention in the email box, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But, but you gotta make sure that that content is compelling enough to be able to do that because Without it's a doubt. the most distracting environment in the world. Like think so, of it, like your your, so, your email inbox. You have all these different right. emails flying at you all day. So if you're gonna send email content, it has to be educational, compelling, get people to want to read it. The only reason that I say get them out of your email and onto your website is because that's a very distracting environment and it's very easy. Well, the, web, the, the, the web, the web, I don't think the website's any less distracting, but, but, but again, I'll, I, like, so, so you, I'll, I'll hit it. I'll hit a different point, which again, I think puts a lot of people in FOMO. Right. You said, what are your favorite websites? And you talk about they're all content rich. And the examples you gave were ESPN, Reddit, BuzzFeed. Okay. Here's what I'd like. I'd like to know, show me a B2B site that that's their game. Because no, they're they're implementing a content strategy that that looks and feels and acts like that content rich strategy that looks and feels and acts like ESPN, BuzzFeed, or Reddit. But what do you mean? Because like, if you look at that, it's 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 content feeds, right? So like you could say HubSpot's a B two B business. We have a gigantic blog presence, right? And yeah, and where do most people and 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 you know where I read you know where I read HubSpot blogs? Where? In my email, because I don't go to HubSpot. I, you know, when I want to break from something, I go to ESPN. Hey, what's going on? What's new here? I go to you know I I, I go to um, I, I I go to different media sites, HubSpot. For me to have to go go to the blog, find the, you know which blog have I read this? So HubSpot comes in, I look at it. Is this something I want to read? Don't want to read? Well, it, it, but but it, that's it, the thing. Curating but, to me, HubSpot but, is not at all like. But you're not reading it in your inbox, Doug. You're getting teased in your inbox by Damn. HubSpot because HubSpot only shows you like the first paragraph or two paragraphs. Then you have to okay. click okay. into okay, the fine. page. Okay. So you're being drugged into an uh, okay. into an inbound experience. Now, what I will tell you is I agree with both of you, and and here's why. Um, one, I think the inbox is one of the most intimate places that you can um, have the um, ability to be in where somebody wants you to be there. Like for instance, Joe Polizzi. I love getting his newsletter. I'll read his newsletter from hit to get, right? And and I don't care if it comes in my inbox. Uh, Mitch Joel, he can send me six pixels of, of whatever, and I'm going to read it because I want him to be in my inbox. Um, but I also understand why 
in those articles, they're getting me, and in HubSpot as well, getting me to come back to the site because what I can't do real well is I can't measure the engagement of what you're doing in your inbox. I don't know if you read half my newsletter, three quarters of my newsletter. I don't I don't know how, you know, if I can get you to the site, now I can see how far you scrolled. I can see what you clicked. And so for me, this comes down to, uh, and by the way, we're completely off of a nurturing conversation here. I just want everybody to know that. But this comes down to me to yeah, communication. Yeah, communication. This is, this is so it comes down to communication and then measurement of the effectiveness of what, and here's a, hang on, last point, of where this all comes down to, and we said this at the beginning of the episode, as long as the content is useful and clear and it doesn't matter if it's on a website page if it's in an inbox if it's freaking morris code so i don't whatever if it's useful and clear if the if the morris code is saying danger and stuff is about to blow up (laughs) then let's use it let's use it and you're not taking my toys away and by the way you should really be watching the show you shouldn't be listening on the podcast, although we're glad gonna, you're listening on the podcast. I, I just want you to know I'm going to get my toys program too, and we're gonna we're gonna start having like <laughs> toy battles here pretty soon. <laughs> oh shoot! So um, guys, I stand corrected. I, I I I stand corrected. I stand corrected, and maybe I misheard what what was being said, but I don't go to HubSpot's blog if I don't see an email that says, "Okay, here." And then you're right; it does. And 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 by the way, a, a good lead nurture. It, it you know entices me to come in so that I can so, so that I can dig in deeper, um, and and actually what a, a pure lead nurture does is if I just read the email, I benefit from it, and there's something enticing for for where and when if I want to dig in further that, that there's a yeah. natural call to action. The thing that I want to warn people on, while I love and I appreciate the value of being able to measure that, I I think that you've got to I think you've got to throw that aside. Because I do think that part of the problem is everyone is trying to drive you to your to their website because then they can measure you, and that's where and, and and so we start feeling like we're, you know, a piece of data for somebody, and and that's what the experience is increasing, which is one of the reasons why I like RevOps, where where I say you know the data like I don't want my marketers, I don't want my content creators to know everything about the the content i want them to get the important cues because their job is to create the experience going back to content experience but so i do stand corrected on 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 that component but i'm just saying i love email yeah Yeah. the the only the only reason i say get them onto your site for me that for me i truly believe that you're going to have a much easier experience consuming the content on a page versus in an email inbox that's easy to get out of or an email mm. that's easy to be like swipe left to your next one, whatever it is, right? So for me, it's just ensuring that they're less distracted to consume that piece of content. But the other big reason why like I so fervently like defend that that idea is that I've had way too many people that I've worked with that – come to the table saying we have this list of people and all we want to do is email the shit out of them for the next couple of it's like cool i understand that you want to nurture those leads but that's not going to do jack dilly squat for you to grow as a business you need to find new people and like while a lot of people may read their content through the email or not go directly to the blog all the people that have never heard of you before that are googling shit that's how they're going to find you right and so like to me the content has to be there not just for 
the people who are already consuming it. Well, it's called to get all those other people that have never heard of you before and would never Google your business name in the first place. They have a goal or their challenge you're trying to solve for. Right. And that's what your content really should exist for. Previewing the debate coming up on inbound 2020 with uh, DGD and GBT. um, There are more ways than Google to get people who don't know about you to come to your site. I'm just just previewing a debate here. Um, Yeah. 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 I I think, I think the keyword is, I think the keyword is nurture and if, which, which comes from the idea and everyone that, that shows a graphic on nurturing shows some little plant graphic where you're, you know, watering your plants, if you will. And I would say if I were to take a bucket of water, you know, too many people look at look at email nurturing as taking a bucket of water and pouring it on their plant, right? Your plant's not going to do well there, right? No. And 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 that's the whole, you know, the word email blast, I'm sorry, the term email blast and lead nurturing, those two things don't go together. Mm, interesting. And with that, that's a great an place. From the on best that one. One. They said that my I had a customer said, we want to send email flyers to these people. I'm like, great. I'm sure they're super excited to get your flyers in the email. Oh my God. I had, yeah. I, 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 get out of here. So someone wanted my, my opinion on, they, they sent me their flyer. It was a trifold flyer and I literally, it was a client by the way. And I said, uh, Hey guys, I think 1992 wants their sales collateral back. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that is a great place to end to stop with snail mail, please. Right. Every single snail mail that I get goes right in my recycling. You're wasting money. Stop doing that. That's funny. You know what? And, actually, we that might have to be a topic in the future because direct mail actually can have some some if you do it right. Again, again, a topic for inbound versus outbound, but that's a great place to end the show. Hey, let us know what you think. Uh, what is your favorite parts of the show? Um, what do you want us to talk about in the future? Make sure you leave us a rating, a review, something in your favorite podcast app. If you're not watching, make sure you go over to sprockettalk.com and watch these because it's just fun. The facial expressions are amazing. And watching Doug's head explode or almost explode when he's trying to say something Thing. it's worth the price of entry i'm just gonna throw that out there we do miss julie this week of course you can connect with her at uh, real julie d doug on the twitters is at doug davidoff max is max jacob cohen i'm of course george b thomas make sure you use the hashtag hashtag sprocket talk or hashtag the spot podcast if you're trying to commute communicate with us and make sure you're focused on always learning always growing max cohen real quick what should anybody listening watching this episode do between now and the next episode to help grow their business better think critically about what the goals and challenges are of your ideal customer and we'll see you in the next episode